Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So Sons of Anarchy, Underwater, a.k.a. Aquaman, joins the Billion Dollar Club. Spider-Man Far From Home trailer hits. It's amazing, but was it a spoiler? M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong's Glass, smashed by critics, but is that the real story? Netflix, now they raise the prices in the U.S., will it have an impact? All that, plus Rotten Predictions, The Week in Geek, and more. This is NerdPod. In a world overrun by content, the line between good and terrible is blurred by the very people who create and sell it. In a sound studio in New England, two average Joes are pushing back, giving their observations and recommendations on comics, video games, TV, movies, and more. Two men. One quest, one desire. You're listening to Coach and K Rock's Nerd Pod. All right, man. So we're back. It's episode 21 of the Nerd Pod. What's going on? It's a snowy Sunday. In New yeah, if you hear the yeah, if you hear the, the ticking against the glass, that's because we have uh, sleep going on out here by the studio. So that's yeah and also uh, you know there could be plow trucks going by and all sorts of stuff so we are soundproofed but uh you know those plow trucks are pretty loud <laughs> so uh it, it it happens um so anyway man how was your week week's been uh, interesting so because there's been a lack of anything on the video game front there's no real news now it's kind of that lull between releases yeah. and, and announcements i booted up my Super Nintendo Classic and was playing through that old Super Metroid game and loving that game. I forgot how much fun it was. And so I've been just going through that system again, seeing these old games, getting some nostalgia back into it. How about you? Yeah, pretty, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I like those Watch Mojo videos that, you know, when you're scrolling through your Facebook feed or whatever that come up and it was, it showed like, I don't know, the, the old games and like the worst endings of old games. And God, I can't even think of, of the game now, but I know I had it. Oh, Ghosts and Goblins, oh. right? <laughs> Where, yes. uh, you know, yeah, it, where the knight would, when he got hit, he wouldn't lose his life, he'd lose his armor, and he'd be fighting in underwear. <laughs> and I, it was like, it just made me, you know, that nostalgic that you're talking about makes me uh, think of that. Like, it, 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 it really did, like, watching that, that Watch Mojo video. And I guess at the end of it, it was an incredibly complicated game, it would give you this weird message that... Like, you weren't done, and it had, like, misspellings in it, and then you had to play the game again mm-hmm. uh, at an even harder level. Like, I, I don't know anybody that, that got all the way through. Oh, my God. Anyway, it, was a, it, was a, it was very nostalgic. I love that you brought that game up. My uh, best friend growing up, we were just having this conversation a few days ago. Uh, his name's Brian. So, what's up, Brian? I know you listen. Um, and we were talking about Ghosts and Goblins on Nintendo, the regular NES console, and I just remembered... Um, because he had shared something about like figurines, like little action figures that were from the game that were just released. And it's basically like relive the the game Ghosts and Goblins, whatever, you know, go down that nostalgia road. And I just wrote, remember that time that you were playing Ghosts and Goblins on your NES console and in a fit of frustration, you ripped Ghosts and Goblins cartridge out of the game while it's still playing, threw it against the wall, cussing as loud as you could relive that moment because that was that game it sucked <laughs> I, it really I tried did. it again it was... i couldn't get past the first level and i'm like forget this yeah. i'm going to something else 
really, really difficult. And and you know what? Uh, what game was also uh, Kung Fu was really I love that too. game. That was like an early N- NES game. Yep. And you'd end up on the second level and realize how difficult that. Like that game was only fun for the first like ten minutes that you played mm-hmm. it. Um, and I was like, oh, awesome Kung Fu. But the, man, when you went up because you you know you went to the right to start and then you went to the left on the second round by the time that you were going right again it was just so incredibly difficult it really was so uh yeah man i we should have a nintendo day i uh (laughs) Uh, I, I miss those days. Those are fun. So, in any event, I know. So back back to uh, back to the news or what, the week. Um, you know, it was kind of a slow week. No, well, we did have the uh, the trailer came out this week and uh, a couple of other newsworthy things. But w- what's big in the in the realms is that that Aquaman becomes the thirty seventh member of the billion dollar club. And when we talk about these thirty seven, we're only talk we're talking about films that. Uh, have not been adjusted for inflation. Mm-hmm. So um, just raw dollar figures. You know, they're, they're, yeah, raw dollar figures in the box office, and this, of course, is worldwide numbers. Um, and you know, just the world's such a big place, and you think of Hollywood and America being the hotbed for these things, but the world um, is a very big place and outspends uh, on the box office. You know, maybe three to one to America uh, in total. So um, you know, the, these movies are getting bigger and bigger, and as China's middle class keeps growing, uh, those numbers just become astronomical. So uh, we see more in the last five years or even 10 years uh, of these these films coming to, uh, to, to the billion dollar mark. But Aquaman gets there and, you know, I, I was really looking at it saying, I don't know, like, is this, this movie is not worth a billion dollars to me. And granted, I haven't seen it and I'm not going to see it, but uh, I, I just... Then I'm thinking about who else is on that list mm-hmm. that is either deserving or not deserving. And I don't know. I mean, Alice in Wonderland wasn't a great movie. It's on that list with Johnny right. Depp. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I'd put that movie on there. One or two of the Transformers movies are on that list. I would not. So it's it's about mass appeal, not about quality, clearly. Mm-hmm. But I can think of 150 movies that make more sense to be on the billion dollar club than any of the ones that I've just that mentioned. Should be, so right. yeah, but, 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 but it's a milestone that we have to talk about, right? Because, uh, it, it, it pushes DC into a whole new world. Uh, you know, this now becomes their flagship, um, you know, Superman's in disarray, Batman's in disarray. So this can lead, right. You know, we're going to, they have taken control of underwater, and I think that's, you know, this here's their opportunity, right? And what they do with it, who knows? I don't know that they have the infrastructure, maybe with Jim Lee, and I, maybe they do now, but um, this should be the path for them uh, to run down, and this should drive the future, you would think. You know what's right next to that movie on the list? Dark Knight. No, what? The Dark Knight. I mean, how do you compare those two movies? Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think it's uh, congratulations to DC for finally figuring it out after 10 movies. And I, and I think that they thought that Suicide Squad might have enough gusto to get mm-hmm. there. But 
Um, and, and listen, they follow this up with Shazam. If Shazam ends up being as good as we think it's going to be, or as it looks in the trailers, this could be a great, great start for them. Now, they come in with two Joker movies that nobody seems to want, and maybe they're not in such good shape. Like, maybe, are they regretting that? Are they regretting uh, those Joker movies? Because I'm not sure that those Joker movies are doing either of these films any justice. Agreed. I, I don't see the point. For lack point of a better, yeah. It, no pun intended. <laughs> I don't see the point in having those Joker movies. I don't see the hitting the billion-dollar club. Um, but if you're, if you're talking, like, What's DC's plan going forward? I read recently the president of the, I forget his name, saying that this is the now the course. We're not doing an extended universe anymore. We're going individual films and building it that way, which is what we've been saying since we started the show. That was their, the part they missed. They were so busy and focused on trying to catch up with Avengers by throwing us a Justice League we weren't ready for and a Suicide Squad we didn't want that they forgot, like, we should tell good stories with good characters, like Wonder Woman, like Aquaman, whether or not we want to see it, it's that example. Man of Steel, with all its drag on it, was still a, an okay movie compared to the rest, right? So telling those yeah. individual no, comic book stories, Shazam, I have a feeling, is going to be awesome. I think it's going to be a great movie, and I can't wait to see it. It looks funny, and DC just has to embrace that. Stop trying to be Marvel and just be yourself. I think it's a great point. Yeah. And so a lot remains to be seen in 2019 for, for DC. And, you know, I don't know how good... I'll be interested to see how those streaming numbers come out for their streaming service. Yeah. I know that, uh, you know, they're adding new content. I don't know how the, the Teen Titans uh, has been received. I'm not watching really too closely. Um, I do have some interesting t- statistics coming on, on the comic book side uh, at the end of this segment. So mm. um, that could be a telling tale of the direction they're headed in as well. So um, what do you got? You texted me something this week, and... I, I simply replied, meh. Punisher 2. Yeah. So I didn't realize it was out. Uh, we're just at home. We're, we're re-watching. So right now there's a lot of nostalgia going on in the house. Nintendo, we've been re-watching Sopranos. And then on flipped over to Netflix nice. from HBO Go, and there was Punisher Season 2 out. I had didn't realize it was coming out now. I knew it was coming out soon. So I started watching the first two episodes. And yeah, it's 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 what you want out of that John Barenthal character. It's very violent, gets to the action quickly, story is developing. Not too sure if I'm bought into the main villain yet. Um, in fact, I, I'm I'm having trouble getting into the villain as they have him on the screen. So I, I could see why everyone's lukewarm to it at best. Well, I mean, and, uh, you know, it's currently rotten at 53%, which is never a good sign, especially for these shows. Mm -hmm. But the big thing, I mean, everything else has been canceled. Defenders isn't coming back. Um, You know, Iron Fist canceled. Luke Cage canceled. It's just Punisher Uh, and Jessica Jones left. Yep. So Jessica Jones has its own little thing going on, um, but it, it begs the question. And I think that uh, a lot of people are asking the question is, you know, how long do these have to stay off in order to go onto Disney streaming service? Um, I just feel like this is like, it's so funny because it's John Barenthal. Like he's, 
he's part of the Walking Dead again because there's no chance that this doesn't get canceled. It's there's no chance they make it through. Jessica Jones had the the women woman directors. I feel like it's got its own following. It doesn't have to tie in with those other things. But Daredevil, in my opinion, is a much better show than than Punisher uh, and Luke Cage too. I believe Luke Cage season one was an incredible uh, season. So I it. it, it there's no chance. There's just zero chance that in a month from now, two months from now, three months from now, that we don't hear the the final news that this had been canceled. And are they bringing it over? Are they going to wait the three years? And if they do wait the three years to bring it over, I think that's contractually what they need to do. Are they going to have the same momentum going in, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Game of Thrones and The Sopranos, HBO was infamous for even Mad Men uh, on AMC for really long breaks between seasons because it's such a, a a big sprawling show that you need that time and you know and money and all of the things that go with that. But can these shows, you know, uh, not very not unlike Agents of Shield or Agent Carter, uh, that they're not a super heavy lift to make. You can make these shows relatively simply. Do they have the gusto to carry for three years when they go over to the new Disney streaming service? And is that the play? Because if it's not, it's just weird. I mean, these had their niche. They, I, I, I'm having a hard time seeing the uh, the path here. And usually, the path is pretty mapped out, pretty straightforward and that's not the case here so uh the thing is i don't want to invest another hour of my life into this show that i know is going to be canceled it's like how i struggled with watching deadwood on hbo because i know that it's not going anywhere i know i'm going to get two seasons and it's and uh and then i'm going to be left with questions so yeah uh i, I don't want that to be the case so i'm not i'm not investing my time in this i'm really yeah, not. it's 13 hours a show that you have to invest per season you're right it's just is it worth it for me to finish going through Punisher or did I see enough fight scenes that I'm satisfied? Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm lukewarm at best. Check it out, though. I mean, still, I, I'm a big John Barenthal fan. I think he's a great Punisher. And I think it's it's too bad that we're not going to get a fair shake out of him until Disney takes over with their streaming service. And maybe they give him and give all those characters their fair shot. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, um, yeah, and, and while we're in the in comic book land, um, so the uh, the big comic companies are, and actually um, CBR.com, which is a good resource for comic book material, uh, released the numbers, the uh, sales numbers for 2018. And um, no big giant surprise that, you know, Marvel Comics uh, was the top comic book publisher of 2018. Um, they took, um, you know, the, uh, the the percentage of the, so if there's, if you have a piece of a dollar, mm-hmm. right, and $1 spent on every comic book, Marvel Comics uh, took 38.2 uh, cents of that dollar in the total marketplace. Um, but their unit share was even higher. So if there were 100 comic books sold, 40.4% were were Marvel Comics. So uh, not to be, uh, you know, not crazy numbers. I mean, they had a decent lead on DC who had a 30% dollar share. So really between the two of them, that's 68% uh, dollar share. Uh, 33% of the issues sold were DC. So uh, definitely the big two on top, Marvel, you know, a full eight points over on both sides is pretty good. What was a little bit surprising is that Image with um, 
uh, saga is their big, um, you know, big sprawling serial, um, carried them uh, with 9.93 on the dollar share, 9.9 on the unit share. Um, and Dark Horse slips to number five behind IDW Publishing, 3.83, 3.30. Rounding out the top 10, Boom Studios, Dynamite Entertainment, Viz Media, Titan Comics, and Ani Press. Um, Now, here's another interesting piece to this, is that although Marvel led the way on total sales and total dollars spent, uh, the number one book of the year was Action Comics 1000 by DC. So, um, that came out in February of last year and uh, and crushed it. A lot of uh, a lot of issues sold. Um, you know, seven ninety nine price point was a big issue. Uh, so, Action Comics one thousand that's their annual um, was the number one selling book in twenty eighteen. Followed by uh, Amazing Spider Man eight hundred, Batman fifty. Um, Fantastic Four number one, Amazing Spider-Man number one, Return of Wolverine number one, Venom number one, Amazing Spider-Man 798, Batman Who Laughs, and Amazing Spider-Man. So, uh, of ten here, Marvel takes seven of the top ten bestsellers, DC takes three, and the uh, the independents uh, don't make their way into the top ten books sold. A thousand so, issues of action comics. Yep. Wow, that's a lot, man. Yeah, that's impressive. It really is. How how and it is. Were you ever into? I never read Action Comics. Did you ever read it as a kid or as you got older? No, no. Was it your thing? Um, how do you? T- yeah, just uh, well, it's, D- it's DC, man. I don't. I don't. Uh, other than like I don't know, potentially uh, like Superman just never did it for me. I I, I liked um, the John Stewart Green Lantern for a mm-hmm. while. That was kind of fun. But, um, you know, this is a, a essentially a, um, you know, it's an annual. So there's a lot of art in here. There's a lot, of, you know, it's a big, big comic book. Mm. So they do this every year. Um, you know, probably 25, 30 artists involved. Um, yeah. So that's really cool. Um, do you think based off the numbers we were just talking about, like how healthy is that, is the industry where DC and Marvel had such a big share of it? Do you feel that there's, or how do you think about the the independence right now in the state? Well, I think um, those numbers are are you know that it's it's big. Um, you know, sixty eight percent of the market share controlled by two companies. I'm not sure that that's that much different than you know even even in the worlds that we play in, right? Like CRMs, it's it's uh, Salesforce, it's HubSpot, and then it's a bunch of independents. So you know it's Coke and Pepsi and everybody else. I I think that this is just the way that it goes. But um, you know nine percent for an independent label like uh, uh, like Image, which is my favorite label, um, I think is good and. You know, it, we're in a different world now. We're in a world where um, you can go on a website and have somebody illustrate for you, um, you know, that you've never met before over the internet for inexpensive. If I wanted to, um, you know, write, actually physically write a comic book, I could have the art done by somebody across the country for $15 and have it done in a 24-hour time time frame. So I think, um, 
that true independent release selling face to face in is alive and well. But the success of these movies, if they continue, if people don't get sick of doing this, uh, you're going to see those numbers go up, 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 up. So I, I think it's all healthy and all good. And I love to see images at nine percent of the dot nine point actually almost ten percent of the dollar share went to image. That's big. And 9.9% of the units sold belong to Image Comics. That's big. So I feel good. I feel good about the, the state of independent comics. I feel good that um, these movies are going to continue to drive interest in comic books. I mean, as a fan like this, that that's really what I want to cool. see. I was just curious. Awesome, man. Yeah. So um, that's all I've got for uh, what's been happening this week. So um, for us. So why, don't we, so why don't we just jump right into it? It's the Week in Geek. And now, The Week in Geek. And so, uh, number one on the list is that uh, I think Sunday, so as you're watching The Sopranos, me and my daughter and my oldest son have been watching Game of Thrones, knowing that it was possibly coming in April, Mm -hmm. although nothing uh, definitive. Now we have a definitive April 21st launch date uh, or release date. So uh, that's exciting news. It's, what, six episodes, but some of them are, like, feature length, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, feature, full feature length length. So, like, you'll get 95 minutes out of one. I think one is almost a full two hours. Wow. Three months to the day um, that this episode is released, we'll have new Game of Thrones. Amazing. I mean, amazing. (laughs) It's been a long wait. I can't. (laughs) Too long. Too long. And... You know, I'm going back, and, and that is one, man. I would highly, highly, highly recommend, um, and I think we're actually past the point. I think you would have to now watch two episodes each Sunday um, starting this, you know, starting today. If you ran two episodes from now until the 21st, you'd get, you'd get it all in. Um, but going back and watching it, man, you pick up a lot of new stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes the show better. I would highly recommend if, you, uh, if you're a Game of Thrones fan and you can't wait until uh, April – Get started again because there's a lot that I missed that uh, I'm really glad that I went back to. And you forget a lot, right? So not only do you get missed, you forget so much detail that's in there. Um, And yeah, I'll be rewatching. I'm going to finish with Sopranos and then jump into that. So I'll be binging that over a a few weeks uh, to get into the new season. Um, So I'm ready to go. But uh, what's your yeah, any man. hot takes on on the season? What you want to see? What you hope to see? What you think we'll see? It's, it's good. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think um, the character development. So for for many many years, I touted that The Wire uh, on HBO, David Simon and Ed Burns um, was the greatest show ever created. Um, you know, I I spent time in earlier in my career in sort of the uh, public service you know yeah. I, I would uh, volunteer at community centers and uh, I coached AAU I coached youth basketball which gave me exposure a little bit of exposure into the inner city and um, I felt like it portrayed the best uh, view of what um you know, that city looked like. And and I just thought it was incredible. It was five seasons. Um, The first season focused on the drug trade, the second on sort of ports, how the ports work, how uh, criminality works within the ports Mm -hmm. when things are coming in from overseas. Third season focuses on the schools 
and uh, and it weaves in and and it schools in politics. Fourth season is really about the schools. Fifth season is about the media, the press, the newspaper, uh, and how this all plays into the drug trade. And it just it was incredible. And and so. I've been screaming it for years. It came out in 2005 that this is the best show ever made, highly underrated. And I watched um, uh, the, I forget the name of the episode, but it was when the episode where Arya um, has, fights the waif um, in the streets. So I won't, you know, no spoiler alerts, but that episode, and it, and it all came to me that the kind of character development that the show has done over um, its seven seasons, eight seasons, whatever, um, this has now surpassed the wire in my opinion as the greatest television show of all time and uh, because the character development that they've done on each level and you look at Jon Snow you look at his backstory and you look at Arya and you look at um, you know Cersei and you look at the prophecy and you look at it, it, it they've done such a good job that there is no um, antagonist there is no protagonist mm-hmm. it's all anti-heroes across the board and you can see uh, you know that there's no sort of underlying wouldn't it be snarky if uh, they made Lord Varys the king like none of that's gonna happen and so if this move if this show is a giant metaphor for life uh, or modern society then the dead is gonna overrun everybody and um, that's how it's gonna end is that they're gonna lose this war the fact that they there's six uh, episodes to it, and that they're and that they're long. I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to have to start fighting White Walkers right away uh, in this season, I believe. And so, uh, very difficult. I don't know what my predictions are. I think Arya will have a bigger role than anticipated. They spent a lot of time on her. Um, but I, I think I'm hoping that it's some combination of uh, of Daenerys and Jon Snow uh, and Arya and that group ending up uh, back in the north and not caring. I don't know. Yeah, I, I uh, have no clue. Like, <laughs> I have to get back into it because it's such a wide open playing field right now. And you mentioned something that's true. You could root for anybody you'd like in this and, yep. and, and have reasons to root for them from – Cersei over to Jon Snow. It doesn't matter. Even the White Walkers, like you can root for them. It's, there's potential for all of that. <laughs> so it, it's completely wide open. I thought I knew what I wanted to see back when the last season ended. And the more time I've thought about it, I have no idea. I, I maybe, like you said, maybe the dead win. Wouldn't that be a curveball? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, and we've seen George R.R. R. Martin do things like that. So. Nothing is out of the question. Nothing is off the table. I can't imagine any scenario playing out as I want it to. So I haven't even tried to 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 guess where we're going to go. Right? It's 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 crazy. So well, we're 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 less than a few months away now, and uh, and and it's exciting. Mm-hmm. So um, couldn't be more excited. So so what's what yeah, happened this uh, weekend, which I, I was surprised at, and it goes into our next subject here. Is I didn't know Glass came out. Yeah, yeah. Big big opening weekend for Glass. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, maybe we've just been busy with work. I thought it was coming out relatively soon because I I saw that some folks had been start you know started doing press mm-hmm. on it. 
Um, and so I knew that it was either a couple weeks away or a week away or something. And so, uh, but it get it got annihilated by the critics. I mean, like I said, uh, I think it's somewhere in the 30s right now <sighs> for uh, a Rotten Tomato score. It's not good, but um, you know, this is of another. Um, you know, this could be another the Last Jedi uh, thing that we're dealing with here is that the the audience score is much much higher. Um, so, I are they taking shots at M Night because they like to? That's possible. Um, but he, here's the news. the The news is. They're still on pace, regardless of that Rotten Tomato score. They're still on pace for the second highest opening weekend. Or I'm sorry, yeah, MLK Martin Luther King long weekend opening of all time. So um, they're doing something right. And honestly, uh, I I want to see it. They, they did. Do you, are you going to check it out? The first. Uh, I I don't know. Um, I, I may. I really like the first movie in mm-hmm. that. Um, I did not see the. I didn't see the um, split. Uh, Split. No, I didn't see it yet. So I think that I'll try to run that down first, and then after I watch that, I'll make my decision. Um, Man, it, it yeah, Ice Unbreakable was. I love that movie. I think it was such a fresh take on a superhero movie. But then we came to see Split, and you know what it is now. You know it works into this trilogy. But when Split came out, that wasn't. I don't think it was apparent. I, I you didn't know no, it I was think tied so in. No, it wasn't. That was the twist at the end. That this was living in that same universe as Bruce Willis's character, which then all brings in Samuel L. Jackson. So for me, I'm really looking forward to seeing this movie. It's going to be a huge payoff. So I might go check it out this week or next week. Yeah, well, that's and and, and let me know. Like I said, I mean, I, I think I'll be excited to hear. Um, I mean, excited to see how I feel after um, I watch Split because I know some people said it was great and others other people said not so great. So uh, it it could generally be my kind of movie, and I really did love Unbreakable. I I thought the the idea behind it. I mean, it was a superhero movie without being a superhero movie, mm-hmm. and you know, M Night Shyamalan man, he can really do a lot of uh, you know, he can do great and he can do really bad. Um, but Sarah Paulson is uh, as far as I'm you know for genre acting. I think she's the best and she's in this movie as like a doctor. Looks like she might be a uh, a villain. I don't know. So All right. uh, I, 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 I'm looking forward to that. So we'll see. What's um, your? I have a but, question on your how you think about M. Night. Um, do you think he's a risk taker still? Uh, he used to be. I, I don't know. He I, used to be. But is he becoming? Yeah, I, I guess you could call him a risk. Yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, but he was he a risk taker after? I mean, he had. Here's the thing: is that I think he didn't have. You know, you have me in your corner. I have you in my corner. And if let's just say we came out with a podcast that all of a sudden became one of the best podcasts of all time. I feel like you would manage my second, you know, my next podcast, my next move. And I feel like he had that with Sixth Sense, right? Mm -hmm. I think he, uh, it's one of the best twists ever in movie history um, for for those who didn't see it coming. A lot of people say they saw it coming, but I don't believe them. I think they, it was an amazing twist. And the follow-up to that was, I think, The Village. Um, I just think that he mismanaged his career from that perspective. And so I think he, I think signs was a decent movie, but then he followed that up with lady in the water. 
And so I think that had he just um, taken better advice, uh, he would be in the conversation with guys like Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, and and I don't think he did. And then the happening, you know, how do you come back from that? I, I, I don't know how he's even able to come back from a movie where Mark Wahlberg gets chased by air. Like, I, I, it's that, that, and then that was actually the movie. That was, it, I'm not kidding. Like, it was a movie where wind chased Mark Wahlberg. Around. <laughs> That's amazing. So, <laughs> it right? sounds like I, Evil Dead. I, yeah, <laughs> it, it almost is, but it, but 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 it was supposed to be taken seriously, right? So, uh, and it did, did have some cool scenes of people killing themselves and sticking their heads into running lawnmowers, like some of that stuff was cool. But at the same time, it was it was air chasing around Mark Mark. Mark. So, um, yes, I called him Marky Mark. So <laughs> I, I I think you know is he a risk taker? I don't know. I think it's just really really sad that somebody didn't help him manage his career better and and. Mm. Because uh, he could have been one of the greats of all time. That's sort of how I view that guy. Cool. I just was wondering your take on that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's a good, good, great question. So on, on another – oh, so I saw this this week. So you know that um, – uh, the Twilight Zone is one of my favorites of all time. Yes. Um, and, and we know that uh, uh, Jordan Peele is um, – is rebooting uh, my favorite Twilight Zone, which I can't wait for. Uh, another of my favorites of all time is getting a reboot, and it's Unsolved Mysteries. No way. I, Robert Stack. Yeah, Unsolved Mysteries. So great, right? Yeah, I used to love that show. I mean, it's a great, you know, that music was so haunting. It would give, just the music alone would give people um, uh, nightmares, right? Mm -hmm. Like kids wouldn't watch that show because of the music. So uh, my cousin Michelle is actually in a lot of episodes of Unsolved Mysteries as like, you know, the the recreator actresses. And um, that's funny that that, uh, this is coming back. I text her, I'm like, hey, you going to go on the new show? She's like, oh my God, I didn't know they were bringing it back. So, um, so the show, so showrunner is going to be Sean Levy from Stranger, uh, Things. Stranger Things. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, and so it's going to be, uh, you know, the same exact run. It's going to be uh, missing loved ones, lost loves, uh, and just, you know, cold case murders. It's not going to be all murder. It's not going to be all cold cases. You know, sometimes they'd throw in a, a guy that fell in love with a woman during the war and they try to reconnect them. So it's going to be all of that. It's going to run the whole gamut. It's actually Netflix that picked it up, which is really, really cool. It's so they, they've optioned it right now for 12 one-hour episodes, uh, supposed to air later this year or early into 2020. So really exciting, man. Like I, I saw that and that gives me hope like that, that that's right along the lines for me of, you know, uh, Top Gun Maverick of uh, Cobra Kai and of a Twilight Zone reboot by Jordan. Yeah. Piel. When did so. the uh, do you maybe you don't know, but when did the original show stop airing? Uh, stop airing, I don't know. But Dennis, after Robert Stack died, Dennis Farina took over uh, the last season of hosting. I want to say that it started in 1987 and went into like not to to the mid to late 90s. I want to say it ran for 10 seasons. Okay. Just curious. If I had to guess, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the Dennis Farina only lasted for like one, one season and it didn't go well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dennis Farina wasn't he yeah he was in um one of the NYPD or something that's right that's right so okay cool I I mean I used to love that show what was he there was another one that was a competitor to this uh Unsolved Mysteries oh yeah do you remember the one it it, it had like um very similar feel maybe a little more supernatural to it 
Um, yeah, I can't. I can't remember the name, but yes, I do remember it. It was. Um, it's going to bother me, and it's going to come up later in the show. Um, it was everything was the same, funny. but it was a little more like aliens, uh, spaceships, and abduction, spooky ghost stories. So yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. man. So um, are you? Um, so Bumblebee, your your movie, um, which you called past the four hundred million dollar mark. Um, so it's funny, man. I, if you told me that two of those Transformers movies would have been on that billion dollar list, I would have said no way, and they are. So now there's just absolutely no way that this can't continue, right? It does four hundred million? We know that these movies make money. What's going to be next for Bumblebee? What do you think is next? I haven't seen the movie yet. But if I was the people in charge here, I would be pulling this thread of the. It's this is a reboot of Transformers. Let's be honest. Forget everything Michael Bay put his trashy hands on. We're gonna continue this path of '80s styled Transformers modeled after the toys with similar voices and just keep telling these stories. Freaking! I would love a live action version of the animated film that we saw in 1987 or 88 that broke every kid's heart because I was the death of Optimus Prime. I would love to That's see right. a telling of that in this light. Um, that'd be great. And if I'm part of these other uh, properties from that time period, I'd be looking with interest here. I'm talking G.I. Joe, Thundercats, He-Man, you name it, those style of toys, I would be saying, how can we make this into motion picture? Because it's a clear, clearly nostalgia sells, number one. People like you sure. and me, yeah. our age, we're going to go see it. We're going to want to share this with our kids. We want them to get that, you know, this is what I grew up to, right? And we want it done right. So if I had control of those other properties, I would be certainly asking for some ideas and how do we make some, uh, some big loot off of this. Bumblebee, though, I kind of called it. I said this was going to be the the one that puts Transformers where it needed to be from day one, and it did. I yeah, it really did. It really did. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. I'm sure we'll get some kind of uh, sequel news sooner rather than later. So uh, what's next, Weekend Geek? Spidey, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Um, the trailer hit, and it it crushed. I think it would have been the biggest viewed trailer or fastest viewed trailer for Sony up to this point. Yep. It, it, yep. it crushes the single day record. Um, did you, you saw it. I'm sure you saw it a few times. I did. I, yeah. I yeah. loved it. what did you think? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I, 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 I didn't know, was that Sandman in there fighting? Like there was, there's some questions, um, for me, H- Hydra man or were, was were left maybe, open. Uh, yeah, definitely yeah. saw a good shot of Mysterio, yeah. which I'm surprised we got to see. I know, and so that actually, um, yeah, like I, I guess they said it, but I, I didn't expect to see him uh, that quickly either. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and that that kind of goes into the, uh, what I wrote down about this topic was like, you know, don't is there any character development at all? Like I. I uh, they did this with the Ant-Man 2 posters, right? Where yeah. they where they rolled out Michelle Pfeiffer on the poster. And I'm like, so you're just going to bring her back. So, you know, so 
we're not going to do any character arc on Mysterio at all. Like we're just, how quickly are they going to get there? I was just, I was really surprised. And, and is this a trend that we're starting to see where, um, you know, this is how are they engaging people? Are people starting to lose it on, like, do they need to be hooked in like this? It's a, it just, it surprised me as good as the trailer was and excited as excited as I am to see this movie this year. I just found it was a little weird. It's a lot of spoilers for, for a studio that I'm talking the Marvel side. Sony is, they just throw up everything they can throw up because they're dying for money. Disney, on the other hand, they've always been very careful about releasing spoilers up until Ant-Man and the Wasp for me. Yeah, and yeah. remember, you can go back and listen to the that earlier episode where the posters were revealing too much. Like, oh, okay, Michelle Pfeiffer's in this, so clearly... Um, right, Hank's wife. Yeah, yeah. Pam's Janet wife is in it. Janet's lives. in it. Yeah. Well, that would have been cool to see play out in real time. Spider-Man Far From Home, they, make, they are a bigger offender of spoiling. So not only do we get That's to see right. Mysterio and all of his glory, and it was amazing. I love seeing it. That was okay. That was forgivable because we know he's in it. We know Hall has been casted in this role. He looks great. That's right. The bigger sin to me, and this goes right to the top, Kevin Feige, he's on record talking that this movie is post-Endgame. So we know he survives. We know the world goes back to normal or some sense of normal. So this is his quote. What is it like to try to go back to normal life after what happens in this movie? He's talking about Infinity War, not to mention what happens in the next Avengers movie. Close quote. And he was saying that to IGN. So this is just a huge spoiler for me. Like, like we know that we're going to have... Uh, all these characters back, but I didn't want to see it now. I, I want to, to, I wanted to see Endgame and know that there was still some risk involved. They took that risk. We know that Nick Fury is in it. So, okay, we saw Nick Fury evaporate in the post credit scene in Infinity War. So, yeah, are they, are they putting too much out here? Is, 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 and that's a, it's a great question, man. And, you know, Jake, did you hear what James Corden said this week? I thought it was awesome. Um, he, uh, James Corden, the you know the the host of the um, you know the late night host, the, late the guy show. that does the carpool karaoke. Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, interestingly, he said, "What if everybody in the snap are the actually the people who lived, and the people who are not in the snap did not live? <laughs> Wouldn't that be?" an interesting twist and I got to thinking about that and you know maybe they really are just trolling us hard right like mm. it, it is possible if you really think about the sound of that it's it is possible so uh, maybe there's some bigger thing maybe they're pulling the wool over our eyes or maybe just maybe this is exactly how it's, you know, they're just putting more things out there to keep people engaged. I don't know. I'm not, uh, yeah, I, I hope you're right on your take because uh, I would much rather be surprised. I try to avoid trailers because typically they do spoil things, but usually that's the later stage of the trailers, not these these first runs at them. Usually know, it's very safe waters to, to tread into and be yeah. like, okay, I got, a, I got a taste for it. Now I'm ready to go. Well, I think I've seen enough of Far From Home to say I could probably guess pretty well what's going to happen. 
And that I don't want to do that. I want to spend my money to go see this in a theater to have a story that I have no anticipation how it's going to happen or how it's going to play out told to me. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that if this is if this really plays out the way that Faye revealed, that's bad. I think it's a bad move and it's a bad trend to get into. Uh, your your storytellers, you don't want to tell the end of your your story before the book's out, right? Before the before you release it. That's so, a good point. So, so let's keep some things guarded. You know, take a lesson. I, we we talked about the Halloween trailer as being the one the best in 2018, and that's because it revealed nothing. But they were able to do it in such a way that created, for me, a, a frenzy to go see this movie. I was dying to see it. The trailers never spoiled it for me. So it's a it's shame. True. It's true. Bad. It is. Well, we'll see. Um, I, I, I think... Um you know, in in Feige, we've trusted this far. I think that we have to um, continue on that path yeah. until otherwise proven. But the, you know, to your point, the Janet thing was very disappointing. It just was. So hopefully, this isn't becoming the, the movies are fantastic. So, Don't get me wrong; they're the best movies, and we love watching them. But it's like you, you take you kind of chipped a, a a piece out of this beautiful piece of art that I would have liked to have had. So. It's a great point. So staying on on um, the Marvel comics. So Marvel comics themselves teased, um, you know, on the comic book side, a super secret series. So I don't know exactly what this means and what this is, but uh, Marvel doesn't generally make announcements like this. So um, it's going to fall in line with the retirement of G. Willow Wilson, who I don't know if you're familiar with G. Willow Wilson, but... Um, I would. She did a TED talk recently. Um, so in in a in the progressive age that we sort of live in, um, G Willow Wilson has done a great job of uh, being inclusive in in Marvel's writing, and she wrote in the first female uh, Muslim uh, or yeah Muslim superhero in in Ironheart, mm-hmm. and. Um, she also, I'm sorry, not in Ironheart, in the new Miss Marvel. It's the new Miss Marvel. It's a, a young girl from New Jersey. Um, and so uh, she's stepping away from that character and stepping away from comics. So they, so Marvel sort of announced this big super secret series that will honor her retirement uh, for, of that character. So it's kind of interesting. I, I, it's no, it, it's it's newsworthy. And I think even for folks that are not uh, necessarily uh, strong in the comic books, that, that'd be something to, to keep an eye on. Out for that should be exciting so Very cool. um yeah that's that's yeah the word from from marvel land all right i have a couple things on the streaming front uh first is with netflix raising the prices uh and that's for everyone in the u.s and the question is will it have an impact on people staying with the service uh my take as long as original content is is still fresh and it's entertaining i don't mind paying extra money because I know that money's going to pay to studios, pay for content, pay for things that I want. So I, I haven't read much about people. I mean, people complain about price changing, but it has been very superficial. It hasn't been any meat or, or, or teeth behind the, the this complaint, like people in mass canceling Netflix because of the, the price change. Uh, but I think with more competition coming out, 
whether they're setting the water level for where pricing's going to be when you know, Disney finally gets there, when DC's out of there, let's call it beta phase, right? Hulu and yeah. all the rest start figuring out, okay, Netflix is charging, let's call it 15 bucks a month. Well, that's that's now the, the normal playing field. That's that's sea level. Let's start there. So are they raising, by raising their price, are they going to be raising everybody's price, I think is what I'm concerned with the most. But... So the biggest impact on this, from my perspective, is not necessarily the price change, but they're uh, they're eliminating the shareability. So uh, I am a guy that so I I think the viewer numbers will go down um, relatively significantly. So if you add, you know, 20 million people that watched Bird Box, I think those numbers are going to go down because there's a guy like me that pays the $11.99 a month. But my mother, my father, my daughter, we have a lot of people logged in. Um, That's not going to be allowed anymore. So uh, Netflix has found a way security wise to limit the exposure. So all those people that are uh, backpacking off of somebody else's login and not going in and spending their own money. Um, so they're they're increasing that price, maybe to make up some of that. And um, I don't know some of the viewers that they're lo- I don't I don't know I don't know the philosophy behind it. And you bring up an excellent point. I mean, there's so much competition out there that it, it does it really make sense to do this? I I, um, I don't know, but that's that's the biggest impact is that now my parents need to spend their own fifteen bucks a month, and if every Every service did this. It's a lot of money because you know. Again, I'm the the champion of my family that that hosts and pays for all of it. Um, you know, how many people are going to sign up for their own? And this could blow up in their face a little bit. I don't know. Well, I guess uh, I'll be interested. Really interested to see how it pans out, though. Um, so I agree with you. I mean, you, it needs money. They borrow an ungodly amount of money to make the content that they make. Eventually, they have to pay the piper on that money that they borrowed. But at the same time, uh, you take away uh, people's ability to share this, and I think it's, it becomes a different kind of service. I do. Yeah, I agree. And on that subject of streaming, uh, Fox and Disney, that deal is expected to close come March. So we were a few months behind, but Q1, we should have that deal done. So I expect streaming shouldn't be too far behind on this. So we talk about competition. Now you're removing all of the Marvel, all Star Wars, all Disney, all Freeform, all that content is probably going to be coming off of Netflix and Hulu and all those services, unless they pay, obviously, some sort of premium fee to keep it on there for their users. All that right. comes back under Disney uh, and whatever they branded. I think it's Disney Plus or something right now, but it sounds kind of silly. They need a better name than that. Yeah, they'll come up um, with a better name, yeah. yeah. But the that comes in. I mean, that's a powerhouse. ABC, ESPN, they have so much content now once this Fox deal closes. It's insane. It's true. So that's going to ramp, ramp up that competition. And who knows what their price is going to be at. If I was Disney, I'd say, I want everybody logged into this. I'm going to undercut everybody, put it back to $9.99 a month. Right. Right. And I think that needs to happen. And I think net neutrality plays into this as well and is going to play into this on who owns streaming services and who owns the internet connection to it. You don't think it. Comcast so, is going to be a little... Um, uh, Little little hurt they didn't get this deal one. Do you think they're going to tax yeah. Disney? Right. I think they that, could. I that's think they the could. Danger of this yeah. uh, net neutrality where it is not to get into politics, but it's a real deal. 
It is. It really is. So, um, yeah, definitely on our radar for uh, for 2019. We're going to watch how all of this streaming services play out. Do you out, expect so. – I have a question on that before we move on. When this streaming service comes out from Disney, are you going to be an early adopter of it? A hundred percent. Yes, I will. Be. You weren't on DC yeah. though, and I get it because you're not a DC fan, but I figured with the comics and the content that comes along with it, you might have been, but you weren't. So what's the difference? It's it's the you know it's it's exactly that, and you know Kevin Smith has his um, his hands firmly around um, the DC universe. Uh, you know Harley uh, hosts a show over there, and it's just not enough. It's it's a, there's not enough on there compelling me to uh, to watch it now. Uh, yeah, I just. Uh, not enough to my money's already spent I have Amazon Prime I have Hulu I have my wife has uh, Hallmark movies uh, that we pay the streaming monthly it's just the that was the the final straw for me um, there's just not enough content on there to compel me to do it. it just it's not. a it seems to be yeah it seems to be a one-trick pony right it's it's all DC it's yeah. all comics and there's not much room anywhere else where all these other services you have a variety of content something for everybody right which is why you have what you have something for your wife something for you something for the kids that makes sense exactly right even my mother my mother watches uh the brit box on (laughs) on you know she watches all the british shows so she that's her favorite thing so it's you need more diversity especially in the golden age of content right i mean you need to uh to have a bigger footprint as big a footprint as you can have so yeah actually i just have one more um quick thing before we go into our Rotten Tomatoes predictions. Um, and it really speaks to um, to podcasting as a whole is, I don't know if you heard this, but, um, you know, Smod, Smod Co. Studios um, are taking all of their properties starting on, I want to say the 15th of February, and they're going to one channel, um, which is very similar to what we at Podacy have done uh, or plan on doing in 2019 is uh, it's one stream. Um, when you'll, you'll come here, you'll come to our uh, stream and you'll listen to us here, the Nerd Pod Coach and K-Rock. We have a new show coming um, where uh, it's more video game focused. I think we do have other new fresh content and it's all going to be right on this channel that you're subscribed to now. Uh, Kevin is doing the same thing over at Smodco where... Um, it's going to be Smod Co-Productions, colon, Fat Man on, or Fat Man Beyond. Uh, Smod Co-Productions, colon, Hollywood Babylon, or Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, or uh, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, all one, yeah, tell them Steve, Dave, whatever it is. So all of that Smod Co uh, content is going to be on one channel, which I find to be really interesting. It just shows that uh, podcasting is progressing in the in the direction that I thought it would, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy to be a part of it. So, um, so smash the subscribe button now if you're listening um and uh, we've got some cool stuff going on i hope you guys are gonna enjoy it so um subscribe think about donating to the show right you can now um you could uh, uh once you subscribe you could become a contributor pay you know as much as you want to keep the content moving and fresh i mean we do have expenses on the show we would love uh you know if you love the content uh you know pop over to anchor search for the show and uh and contribute so um anyway so that's my thing go, subscribe right here to nerdpod and then go to smodco and uh and subscribe there because it's all it's all good right absolutely cool man so all right man well uh before we wrap this show up 
Um, two things, we're going to uh, get up to date on our Rotten Tomato predictions, and then we're going to close the show. You know, we closed, we did last show with sort of our 2018 in review, and what I want to do is, uh, as time goes on, um, name our best of 2019 as we go, and let and let new content unthrown the old content, right? Mm -hmm. So if something incredible comes out that we think is the best of the year, um, we're going to put it up there and then we're going to let it get unseated. Uh, over time so um so yeah i only have two additions to it because obviously we're only two weeks in but um yeah so that's what we're gonna do so let's start with rotten tomato predictions and start i have listed in uh, several movies not every movie that's coming out otherwise we'd be here till next wednesday um so let's start with one of the bigger sequels that is coming out and that's coming out february 8th that's the lego movie 2 Right, so we all saw Lego Movie yeah. One. It was funny. It was it was for me. It captured me. It, it, I laughed. Chris Pratt was starting his journey into mega stardom. Um, yeah, the stat solid cast is returning. So and with that that Lego styled animation, which seems to still be putting people into seats in theaters. What do you think? I'm going to go high on this mm-hmm. because I think that it's a great property. Um, I think that people really are, I love this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go high, real high. Like I'm going to go 95 on, on Lego movie. Two. 95. All right. Let's see. Um, I'm going to put that down here. So coach is in for 95. So for me, yeah. I'm going to go high too. I mean, we got obviously Pratt's back. Um, Allison Brie, who I always thought was hilarious. We got Aquaman in it. Um, you know, Jason Momoa. So, nice. I mean, Jonah Hill, Nick Offerman. The casting is right. I was going to say 80, but now that I'm talking to talking it out, I might go a little higher than that. I think I'm going to go 90. Um, yeah, I think it's a good move. So, I, the cat, that, yeah, that crew is, is going to do some good stuff. So, I'm going 90. Totally. Yep. Nice. I Valentine's like Day. We get probably mm. our last X-Men movie from Fox. And that's going to be Dark Phoenix. So, mm. and it, it is all, all the players are back. Um, what do you think? So I think this is the last one. I think people are... I think people like me are waiting for these characters to come over and get the proper treatment that they deserve. I think for that reason, um, it's going to be like Apocalypse was. I'm going low, 37 on this. Um, And I think that only because the critics are just so desperately waiting for the transition to happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm going 37 on Dark Phoenix. I think it'll be going on on a higher note than that. Uh, I think there's going to be a little of that play into it. Again, all the players are back. James McAvoy, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Sophie Turner. Um, not a great score, but I'm going to give it a 65. Okay. And you, w- yeah, I mean, that's not, 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 not rotten, but not fresh, sort of right in the middle. What'd you say, Get 50? It. Yeah, 37, oh. I said. Oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah. that, okay, so that's, that's going to tank for you. I think so, <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Another family movie, and I, I've always been a fan of this series. Um, 
And this one comes out on March 1st. This is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. So okay. um, I've always found these were, were funny. Um, again, this has got pretty solid casting behind it. Gerald, Gerard Butler, Kate Blanchett, Jonah Hill, and Jon Snow. Kit Harrington's in it. Nice. Kit Harrington. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go like 60, you know, somewhere right in there. Okay. Um, yeah, 60. I think this gets, uh, I'm, I'm going to be right in that ballpark. I was saying 55. I think this, this gets that, that, that trilogy bite. So this is the third movie. I don't think this lives up to the other two at all. So. Got it. Uh, March 8th. This one is etched in stone on my calendar. I've already bought my tickets to see this. And that's uh, yep. Captain Marvel. Yeah, so this is a big one, obviously, for me, too. Um, this is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. That's what this is. I'm not. I'm sorry, not the Winter Soldier. This is Captain America, the First Avenger. This is a relaunch of uh, the new Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, in my opinion, people will leave this movie and say that it's the greatest superhero movie of all time. Um, I'm going to go like 96 here. Um, I think that it's going to have every single thing. They got the right actress at the right time. And I think that every piece of brain power that needed to go into this did. Uh, and I think that this is the future of Marvel. So, yeah, 96 all day long. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things you, you don't bet against certain things and you certainly don't bet against Marvel. Um, and nope. you definitely can't bet against Captain Marvel. The trailers have been fantastic. Everything looks right. I'm with you. 95. Yep. Right there. March totally. 29th. So getting close to my birthday. One of the all-time classic stories from Disney is going to have its live-action debut. And that's Dumbo. So this is a big thing that's going on right now with Disney Studios as we're seeing Aladdin. We saw Beauty and the Beast. Uh, these move, you know, Disney's putting that live action spin. You've seen the trailer for Dumbo. Yeah, I've definitely got a little misty eyed watching it. What do you think? Yeah, I think that there are a lot more of those in that thirty seven. Uh, films that, that broke the billion. There was a lot of live action Disney in there, um, a lot and a lot of 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 Disney as a whole. Um, yeah, I think. Um, ah, boy, I, I don't know. I, I think it, it's a good question. Um, I, I because I think that this can go either way, and that's why it's perplexing to me. I mean, this could be a this. It, it they're due for sort of a, a chin check. Uh, so this could be 38. This could be very low. Um, but I will say that that the greatest show with Hugh Jackman, um, you know, about P.T. Barnum uh, was criti critically reviewed well. I think it falls under a similar category, has a similar feel to it. Um, so I'm going to err on the side of caution here and I'm going to go I'm going to go like mid 60s, 68 so yeah, 68 mm -hmm. here. Um, but with the caveat that I truly believe this could be a 99 or a 12. Um, I, 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 I just don't know. It's a okay. hard one. So here's uh, – this might change your, your your vote a little bit here. So casting's always a big deal in how good a movie is. You get one actor who can carry a lot of weight on their shoulders. How about three? Alan Arkin, Danny DeVito, and Michael Keaton. Mm, yeah, boy. 
Yeah, so I'm sticking with my 68, right. but I that is incredible. It so is. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a little higher than you on this one. I think it's 75, um, but I'm with you. This, If they could hit the emotional notes that that first trailer hit, and they could do it over the course of you know, a 90-minute to two-hour movie, this will be a huge winner. Um, we'll see. Can't wait. Yeah, sure will. Yep. yep. April 5th. This is a big day. I, I think... DC has to be paying attention to this one. Shazam. Yeah, this is the one I'm waiting for, too. Um, yeah, I'm going to go 85 with Shazam. Um, I, I, I think it could be higher. I mean, I think, like I said, I, I, I think I called the day that we learned that it was coming out, the day that we saw the trailer. I said it's big, but for, with superheroes. Um, I feel like it, it. this could really be great. Um but at the same time, I wanna. I don't want to go into the '90s. I want to reserve those for, uh, you know. So I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go 85 on Shazam. Okay. I'm gonna stick with you around there. I'm doing 80, and the reason for it is, while I think it's gonna be really, really good and and funny, what could bring it down for critics is if the humor's not right. And what I mean by that is, sure. if it's playing, if we get Suicide Squad type of humor, this thing should be in the toilet. If we get highbrow, yep. funny humor, that tongue-in-cheek stuff, this will be very high. You say it's a superhero big movie, like that movie Big with Tom Hanks. I'm all for that. I think yep. that's a fantastic way to put this. I'm at 80, and I hope to see it higher because I want DC to win. I, it makes it more fun for us. So let's see them get a home run with Shazam. That'd be great. For sure. Sharing so, so like direct com- competition, which I don't think is going to take away from Shazam, uh, is Pet Cemetery the remake. We saw it come out and absolutely set the table for for Stephen King's comeback in pop culture, and I loved yeah. it. One of my favorite movies of the past five years. Pet Cemetery all time. I love that original horror movie. I love the book. I reread the book. What do you think? I think that the timing on this isn't great. Um, I think that April is a weird... I think this is a fall release movie. All day it is. Mm-hmm. And so I, unless they... You know, It too might be coming out in fall and they didn't want to double team it, double time it up. I think it'll be good. I think it's going to be... Um, I think it'll be a decent movie based on who's involved. But at the same time, um, I look at it like an Amityville horror kind of movie. I don't see it. I don't think this is going to, to, to break any records. I don't think... Uh, and I think it'll be... It'll deliver. It'll be creepy. Um... I don't know. I'm going to go mid. Yeah, I'm going to go 50s, 50-ish. Yeah, so 50, 55, 50, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm saying 60. I don't think this is going to – the trailers are making me nervous that they're doing a little mo- too much of the the jump scares, the, ch- the, the easy, cheap jump scares that most horror movies employ nowadays. You know, that, that, that yeah. ring-style, herky-jerky movement kind of stuff and – and if you read the book, that's not what it's about. So I'm getting a little nervous about it. I was higher when I first heard about it with John Lithgow being involved. But in my head, I, I have a way that I want this movie to sound, not just look, but sound. Yeah. And if you're familiar with that main that that you know that main accent, and I'm not going to try to do it because I'll just there's no way I can do it. Yeah. But just go watch the original Pet Cemetery, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. It's like. 
instead of road, it's rud. Going across the rud. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. John yeah, Lithgow yeah, does yeah. not have that. They did. He's not trying to do that. At least what I've seen, and that for me as a fan is disappointing. So I'm going to stick with a 60, which I think is high. I might be a little too high here. Okay. And the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. We're good. You're oh, good. So for the last one that we're going to do on this list, and we'll try to add more as we, you know, the weeks progress. On April 12th, we're going to get Hellboy. Nice. Uh, what's your? Th- have you learned much about Hellboy? I saw. I saw a little bit about it. Uh, the the trailer. But. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that that. Um, I like the David Harbor, who plays the sheriff in uh, Stranger mm-hmm. Things. Uh, he's our new Hellboy. I think he's perfect. He looks. Uh, the trailers look look good. Um, I think it's not going to be like the Guillermo del Toro. I think it's going to be a little different spin. Um, but I, th- I also think that um, not sure that we needed this. Um, I don't know that we needed to reboot Hellboy, really. Um, I I think um, the Ron Perlman Hellboys were just fine mm-hmm. the way that they you know they lived and stayed. So uh, I think it's weird, and so I, like I just think it's unnecessary. I'm gonna put it in uh, that same category. I'm gonna put it in the 55 range, um, and and uh, yeah, I'm not not feeling it. I'm I don't not know. either. I, I'm not excited about it. it. It just is what it For is. For the reasons you listed, I didn't think this was needed. The, the the trailers um, make me think it's a sci-fi direct directive TV movie. It doesn't look anything special to me. Yeah, that's what I felt too. Um, yeah. It felt like something that should be out on Netflix, not on not a big, not major motion picture. Exactly. Yep. Agreed. So for that reason, I'm giving it a 55. As well, perfect. Perfect, perfect. So, all right, quickly, um, in our best of the year. So, our best of the year categories are comic of the year, podcast of the year, uh, TV series of the year, TV movie of the year, game of the year, movie of the year, trailer of the year, stand-up special of the year. We might add a couple to these as time goes on, but um, in my... um, in my viewing of the first two weeks of this year, uh, two things have um, has stood out to me that would be contenders for uh, of the year consideration. So as of today, I'm going to call Podcast of the Year, uh, the Joe Rogan Experience 1227 with Mike Tyson. Um, incredible. If you can go out, it's a short one. It's not the normal three-hour Joe Rogan Experience. It's about maybe it's just under two hours and uh, gives you an insight as to into what kind of guy Mike Tyson is, why he is the way he is. And, uh, uh, you know, he did the Broadway thing. He's done a couple of other things, the Spike Lee movie. Um, but this is just more insight into the mind of the champ and uh, the way he talks talks about some funny stories in there about the tigers and how we ended up with it and giving cars away and all that. So highly recommend go out, get that. And obviously trailer of the year, uh, candidate, uh, far from home, um, Spider-Man trailer. Yep. And uh, like I said, um, as time progresses, as we start to watch the movies of this year, as soon as we start putting some of these TV shows under our belt, we will add these contenders and then uh, and we'll we'll unthrown them. Right. If uh, maybe I go back and listen to this episode, episode 21 of uh, Nerd Pod with Coach and K-Rock, maybe uh, that becomes podcast of the year. So uh, this will progress over time, hopefully ending in December, last week of December, we'll have our definitive list of the best of the year. Sounds good to me. Well, guys, that's all we've got. Uh, Episode 21 in the books. Thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed the new revamped nerd pod with coach and K rock. 
little revamp, little, little, little nip, little tuck. Um, as you can see, we got some sponsors. We have some huge guests coming in and I'm not going to spoil it and give them away, but we have some huge guests coming up over the next couple weeks. Um, and, uh, like I said, uh, get, get it out there, share this on Instagram, share it with your friends, get people out there. We love doing it. Um, you know, consider sponsoring the show, uh, go to our sponsors websites and, and, and check everything out. And, uh, we're happy to have you. All right, boys. Let's close it down. All right, boys. Let's close it down. Look at me, man. Can't you see that I'm tired? Look at you, man. Doing all your wanting. Leaning against me like a goddamn bull. So close to close, my skin starts to glow. Sweat pouring down, singing in my life. Blood starts to boil, watching temperature rise. You have been listening to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock from Podacy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming nerd pods and Podacy programs on Instagram, which you can find them at Podacy, that's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, on Twitter, which is at NerdPodacy, which is N-E-R-D-P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, and Facebook, they're at NerdPod.